Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl. I'm your host, Les, and I want to welcome you to this little space we've got here on the corner of the internet. In last week's episode, I talked about my single season and what that journey has been like from my perspective. And I've heard from so many of you letting me know how much that episode resonated with you. And I appreciate that so much. Those type of episodes can be scary to put out there. So hearing that it resonated with you or was helpful for you is so wonderful to hear. So huge thanks to everyone who has tuned into that episode and reached out about it. If you haven't tuned in already, I highly recommend checking it out. So that's episode 95, Embracing Your Single Season. Even if you aren't single, if you're experiencing any kind of transition or you're calling in any sort of relationship or experience outside of yourself that could be a friendship or a new job, I think you'll have something to take away from that episode. But today we're going to talk about a highly effective self-care resource and tool. So what if I told you there was a tool that can help boost your sense of overall well-being, improve your mood, improve your memory, heighten creativity, and help you manage stress. Oh, and it is 100% free. Yes, I'm talking about journaling. A 2015 study conducted by Penn State found that positive effect journaling is associated with decreased mental distress and increased well-being. That study also associated journaling with less depressive and anxiety symptoms after one month of consistent practice and improved resilience after two months of consistent practice. And the benefits of journaling don't stop at the mental and emotional. There can be physical benefits too. A form of journaling called expressive writing is correlated to improved health outcomes such as lower blood pressure, better sleep, fewer stress-related visits to the doctor, improved immune function, and improved lung and liver function specifically for those who suffer from ailments such as asthma or diabetes. That is some pretty incredible stuff. So after hearing that, you might be like, girl, where is my notebook? Hand me a pen. Let's go. What are we doing? Still talking about it. (laughs) And I'm here to hand you the notebook and the pen. So let's do it. But when it comes to journaling, there are some common roadblocks that trip a lot of people up when they want to use it as a tool, but are having a hard time making it stick or really gaining the benefits from it. So I want to address some of those and give you some tips and tricks that will either help you establish a journaling practice or get the most out of your journaling practice if you do currently journal, but you're having a hard time being consistent. So first I want to address some things that can't be stopping you from getting the most benefits from journaling or common mistakes that I've seen, heard from you, and have also experienced myself. The first is getting hung up on the idea that there is a right or wrong way to do it and letting that stop you before you start. A practice like journaling is highly individual, just like there is no right and wrong way to think. There's no right and wrong way to breathe and so on and so forth. There is no right or wrong way to journal. 
Now, there are different techniques that can offer different benefits, like the ones that I talked about earlier, or support different outcomes, but what you should do should be dependent on what's on your mind, on what's on your heart, and what makes the most sense for you at that time. So if you are hung up on having the right journal, journaling the right kind of way, the perfect notebook, having your handwriting be neat and perfect, not knowing how to format it, please don't worry about those things. They don't actually matter. You don't have to have that all figured out to benefit from journaling. All you need is a place outside of yourself and outside of your brain for your thoughts to go. So that could be a journal, that could be a post-it, that could be a slip of paper, that could be your notes app. Truly anywhere that you can just record your thoughts, record your feelings so that they're not getting trapped inside of you. So the second is feeling like your journaling has to be clear and coherent. And let me tell you, you can be journaling things that actually make no damn sense because (laughs) most of my journals are chicken scratch that make sense to me. But if anybody were looking at them, it would be like, what is this? It's not schoolwork. It's not getting published anywhere. You are not being graded. You don't have to have fully clear, expressive, perfectly put together sentences. It is purely a tool for release and self-expression. So it's a form of getting your thoughts and feelings out of you because when you hold those things in, they have to go somewhere. And if you don't let them out, that somewhere is usually ailment of the body and spirit. So when you think about what's more important, is it important to have perfectly structured sentences or is it important to free your mind, your body, and your spirit from what it's holding on to? When you think about that, that's when it's like a no-brainer. So don't feel like it needs to be pretty coherent, like you have to flex your vocabulary or anything of that nature. Like You are brilliant. I know you're brilliant. You know you're brilliant. Your journaling doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. So let go of the idea that you're not doing it correctly or that it's not perfect. The next thing that can be an obstacle to establishing an effective journaling practice is not knowing where to start or what to talk about, which I get it. A blank page can be really intimidating especially if you're accustomed to holding things in and not feeling safe to fully express yourself. It can feel like, what am I supposed to do with this? If you feel like you don't know where to start, then guided journaling prompts or more structured journaling can be a really great way to go to at least get you in the habit. For example, an easy prompt I love when I feel stuck with journaling is to simply recall the day before, or if it's later in the day, recall what has happened in that day. So I'll write out the events of the day, things that I did, what did I work on, what did I read, where did I go, who did I talk to, how did it make me feel. I'll recall those conversations, I'll write about what my moods were, what my thoughts were, just recalling what I could remember either from earlier in that day or the day before. That relieves the pressure to say anything profound in the moment because you're just sharing information, but it also helps you get in the habit of recalling your feelings and events, which is associated with some of those benefits of journaling that I talked about earlier. Now, those really therapeutic benefits of journaling or those more therapeutic types of journaling can also be associated with recalling trauma and working through trauma and 
if that's not something you're ready for, I'm not telling you to jump in and do that. <laughs> Please don't feel like you need to jump in and access, you know, maybe traumatic events that happened in your life. But even just starting with what you did today can really start get those wheels turning so that you feel more comfortable with these exercises. Another really simple way to start journaling if you feel stuck is just gratitude journaling. And a gratitude practice has a slew of benefits, but simply writing down three things you're grateful for each day and have that be it, one, two, three bullet points can get you in the habit of recalling your feelings and shifting your mindset to be more positive. Another form of gratitude journaling that I really love, in addition to expressing gratitude for what is already in my life, is expressing gratitude for things that I want to call in. So I will talk about being grateful for things that I don't even have as if I had them to begin attracting that into my life. So even if you have a hard time maybe recalling information, even if you think about goals that you want to achieve, just starting by saying, I am so grateful for XYZ, I'm so grateful for this thing that I have called in or that I'm seeing speaking can be a really, really great way to start because we all have things that we are seeking or desire. So expressing gratitude for those desires before you have them really signals that you're ready to receive them. All right. In the last roadblock that I have experienced and talked to many of you about when it comes to getting the most out of your journaling practice is inconsistency. And to tackle inconsistency, it helps to understand why you're being inconsistent. So where is the inconsistency coming from? Do you just forget to do it? <laughs> if, the, if you just forget, a good way to overcome that is to sit your journal or notebook and, and a pen in a very visible surface that you won't miss to help you trigger the habit. So when I first started journaling or taking journaling seriously, I kept my journal and a pen because if you see the journal and don't have a pen and then you need to go look for a pen and then you get distracted by something that's not gonna help you maintain the habit. So have everything you need in one place, a journal, pen, whatever, on my nightstand so that when I woke up in the morning, I had everything I needed to start writing before distractions kicked in. Something else that I like to do as well is I actually have a few different journals that I just keep all around my apartment. I have one that I keep on my nightstand. I have one that I keep on my self-care corner, one that I keep on my desk. Honestly, there's not really any difference between any of them. It's just so that I can see the journals and have it trigger that habit of writing down my thoughts no matter where I am. So that's another way that can uh, be helpful if you simply forget to do it. Another reason you may be inconsistent is because you're trying to do a form of journaling that just doesn't resonate with you. Maybe you're using a guided journal that asks questions that you just don't really like, <laughs> and you would benefit from doing more of a stream of consciousness practice, then switch it up and give that a try. Or maybe you're the opposite. You have a blank notebook and that feels really daunting. And then maybe you would benefit from a bit more structure, such as having guided journaling prompts or writing a letter to your inner child each day, keeping a log of successes and adding to it daily or writing about events in your life from a different perspective. So maybe try switching it up with some of those methods if you find that you're trying to force yourself to do a form of journaling that just doesn't resonate with you. The last thing I'll say here about consistency is to also examine what consistency means to you and what you want to gain from it. So if you journal once a month and you feel great when you do it, that's cool. Don't feel like you need to do it every day because you see someone on IG doing it or you hear me talking about it or feel like you should. 
I actually posted a question box on Instagram, just asking many of you for your thoughts about journaling to help me prepare for this episode. And I got some really interesting responses, basically saying, I love it, but I'm inconsistent, or I really appreciate journaling, but there are some days that I just can't do it. So don't, (laughs) don't feel that pressure to do it if it is not resonating with you that day, or if it's not serving you, um, don't feel that pressure to stick with it or to force yourself to do it. Take what you need and leave the rest. Do it when it benefits you, but you get to define what consistency looks like for you. The only thing I would caution against would be if you notice that you still feel yourself holding things in or not expressing what you need to express, then it might be good to maybe, you know, push yourself a little bit more to try to be a bit more consistent about getting things out with journaling. But if you do it once a week, once a quarter, once a month, and that feels good to you, don't feel pressured to turn the practice into something that it doesn't have to be. It's your life, it is your mind, it is your body, it is your soul. You get to define what consistency looks like for you. So for me, being consistent with journaling means I journal probably about three to four days a week. And for me, that's good. I don't need to do it every single day, but it is something that is an important part of my self-care routine. So you get to determine what works for you. So now I want to talk about some tips for improving your journaling practice uh, or establishing one if you're just kind of having a hard time getting into it. And the first tip I have is to try incorporating journaling into a time of day when you already have a solid routine. So if your morning routine is your jam and that's when you're in the zone and you have a good kind of set of habits stacked that you can add to, try doing your journaling then. Or if you're someone who is like really into your night routine and you've got a good set of habits stacked, it's a lot easier to add new behaviors to times of the day or to other events that you're already doing that are good to stick to. Something else that can also be really helpful, and I've started implementing this as well, is incorporating those breaks that I would take throughout the day where I would maybe start scrolling or looking at my phone, um, using the maybe the midday breaks at work when I want to take a break from the screen to journal. So I that's why I now keep a notebook on my desk specifically for those moments so that when I need a break, I can reach for my journal instead of reaching for my phone. So you can try replacing other habits that you have with journaling. Again, if you usually keep your phone on your desk, move your phone to another room and put your journal where your phone would normally sit because you probably have some muscle memory reaching for it or stack it onto other habits that you are already really solid on. So the next tip is to make journaling work for you and switch it up to suit your needs. And we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I really want to dive deeper into this. So for me, journaling looks a little different each day. I personally like to journal in the morning. That is my favorite time to do it. And how I do it completely depends on what I need. And again, if anybody were to look through my notebooks, they would be like, what... (laughs) What is even going on here? None of this makes sense. Every day is totally different, but that's okay because that serves me. So if I find myself feeling stressed one morning, I wake up and I'm just already overwhelmed, then my journaling will usually look like a brain dump of everything on my plate. So I will write down an exhaustive list of everything stressing me out, 
all those nagging tasks, all those things that I need to do, but haven't gotten to yet. I will just write it all down so that it can get out of my head. And so that I can start making a plan to tackle it, or at least cross things off as I get them done. Other days, maybe I'm feeling more inspired. And those are the days where I'll write out a list of manifestations and things that I want to call in. So like I mentioned earlier, I really like doing this in the form of future gratitude list. So I will start expressing gratitude for things I want as if I already have them. And y'all, let me tell you a little side note. It works. I actually did this last fall. One morning I journaled about how grateful I was to receive a promotion, how grateful I was to receive a raise for a certain amount of money and went into just a stream of consciousness of what that meant for my life and and how that would impact me in a positive way. Literally about an hour later, I logged on to work after journaling about it. And I had a meeting on my calendar for first thing in the morning from my manager Within literally five minutes of me logging on to work, I need to go on to this meeting where she told me that I'd been promoted, I'd received a raise that was in the range of what I had journaled about literally that same day, an hour after journaling about it, which is wild. Uh, But anyways, that's just an example of something that you can do maybe on a day where you're feeling more inspired, where you're really ready to start growing and calling things in and want to journal. Um, or other days, if I need some support or encouragement, that's when I'll start writing affirmations to myself and I will usually revisit them throughout the day. So you're the boss. It is your practice. Switch it up and make it work for you. But I definitely recommend checking in with yourself to see what it is you need before diving into your journaling practice. Because I've also had plenty of moments where I was just going through the motions. There can be some really great resources out there. I know a really popular journal is the five-minute journal, and I have filled up a few five-minute journals. When I first started journaling years ago, that was the journal that kind of got me into it. And I believe the prompt for that one is, I think you write out three things you're grateful for, three things you need to get done for the day, and like an affirmation or something super simple like that. And After a while, I found myself kind of going through the motions where I was just writing down the same things over and over and it wasn't really impactful. So that was my cue to start switching it up because even though that practice served me well in the beginning to start expressing gratitude and thinking differently, I got to a point where it wasn't serving me anymore. So if you are having a similar experience where maybe something that you're doing isn't serving you anymore, don't beat yourself up. Don't feel like there's a problem or you're not doing it right. That's just your cue to find a way to do it that better serves you. So again, it is your practice. You are the boss. Switch it up and make it work for you. Lastly, I just want to say if some of the prompts or ideas that I shared just don't resonate with you, that's okay. Remember, the goal here is to reduce stress and anxiety, not create it uh, or add pressure to add another thing to your plate. So if all else fails, you can try using journaling strictly as a tool for getting ideas and to-dos out of your head and onto paper that counts. So the fewer things you have on your mind and conscious, the easier it will be for you to decompress and stay centered. So if your daily to-do list is all the journaling you've got in you, that's cool too. 
I just invite you to be really, really present and really focused while you're making that list to really try to get as much benefit as you can from that practice. Also, how many times can I say really in a sentence? But that's because I'm very passionate about this and I want you to get the most out of it. Also want to say that for some people, they love a pen and a piece of paper. I'm one of those people. I love a pen and a piece of paper. If that doesn't work for you, that's okay too. Something else that you can try if you find that you're better verbally, you just, you want to get things out. You want to say things. That's when you can record voice notes to yourself, right? Open up your phone, record voice notes, just getting thoughts out of your head, getting memories and ideas and things out of your head, either in a voice memo or bullet points in a notes app that you can recall later, those things absolutely count. And while, you know, taking pen to paper can be really beautiful. Again, the goal here is not for it to look any one way. The goal is for you to get things out of your head into the world so that you can decompress and stay centered. So I also want to give you a little goodie to help you with your journaling practice. I made a worksheet for you with some of my favorite journaling prompts and just summarizing some of the tips and ideas that I've shared to help you solidify the habit. So you can download that for free. If you go to balancedblackgirl.com slash journaling, that's balancedblackgirl.com slash journaling. We've also linked it in the show notes so that it's really easy for you to find. So you can download that. It's just as a little mini guide that will help you get your journaling practice up and running with some guides, some prompts to just really support you through the practice. But I want you to be easy on yourself, be kind to yourself. Remember, this is something that should create ease and it should actually create space for you. So if it's not creating space and if it feels daunting, Take what you need and leave the rest or try a different prompt or a different form and keep trying until you find what resonates for you. And if you have an established journaling practice, I would love to hear your tips. So you can head to our latest post at Balanced Black Girl Podcast on Instagram, leave us a comment giving us your tips. I would love to hear them because I don't know everything. I love learning from you all just as much as hopefully you like learning from me. So let's keep this conversation going. And don't forget to head to balanceblackgirl.com slash journaling to get your freebie. I really appreciate your love, your support, your engagement, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning into Balanced Black Girl. If you enjoyed this episode and feel called doing so, we would really appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes and more offerings at balanceblackgirl.com.